Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. What's happening and coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. It is the odd couple on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Chris Broussard. And right next to me is my man, Tracy Murray, filling in for Rob Parker. You can follow Tracy on Twitter. At Real Tracy Murray, and you can follow me at at Chris underscore Broussard. And Tracy, I, I can't say this is not an upgrade for you to fill in for Rob Parker. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we are definitely doing an upgrade, and uh, we're not that odd. You know, two light skinned brothers. <laughs> we both live in Los Angeles, and uh, back in the day, we were both great athletes. <laughs> you know what man I, i'm just uh, uh it's a it's an honor to to be on here with you man i've been watching your work for so long and and it's been long overdue like you said yes yes so i, I definitely thank you for having me on Nah, man it's great to have you and man what a day um we're watching the cleveland cavaliers get hammered at home in game one of the eastern conference first round playoffs against indiana and tracy i have to confess i came in here 
ready to make a bold prediction. <laughs> you know, you, you like to make bold predictions, and I, I felt like I had one. There was no logical reason to believe it other than the greatness of LeBron James. Uh, and I thought some athleticism with their younger players. But I was ready to predict that the Cleveland Cavaliers, against all logic, were going to win it all this season. <laughs> I was going to pick Cleveland over Houston because I'm worried about Golden State's health. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best team, but I'm worried about their health. I was ready to pick Cleveland over Houston in the finals just because I, I was just like, LeBron's going to get it done. I, just like in 2016, they weren't the best team. Golden State was better. Obviously, Draymond Green got suspended and Cleveland was able to win that championship. I just felt like the stars were going to align again and he was going to get it done. But you know what? I'm off that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, off that. Well, you know, that shot in the arm only lasted so long after the All-Star break with the <laughs> yes, trade. Yes. And then reality set in, which is, you know, there's a, a lack of of experience. You're getting a lot of hungry young guys. You know, that's the shot in the arm. But the the lack of experience coming into this type of pressure of winning and going deep into the playoffs, that's something these guys aren't ready for because they've never even been in the playoffs, period. Yeah, and and so you feel like that's Cleveland's problem. Like the, Everybody was excited about the young guys. You're getting Rodney Hood. You're getting Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., uh, George Hill. Not a young guy, but you feel like their lack of playoff experience is a big problem for them. It, it is, especially when you're talking about winning a championship because they've never been that far. They've never even been into the playoffs. So uh, is the pressure getting to them? Um, um, you, you know, what do we do when we get here? Uh, is LeBron going to take over and, and, and spoon feed us like like he did during the season? Uh, playoffs, they cut your plays off. You got to know how to make individual plays. When you get there, you know, secondary moves, the first move is not going to work. Yeah. So so you have that's the experience of it. You know, the defenses are geared to stopping your plays and stopping the the obvious things. That's why they have extensive film on you when it comes to uh, uh, the playoffs. So, man, we ain't even talking about winning a championship, though. Yeah. Winning this round. So do you do you are you ready to say that they're not going to win the first round now? Or I'm still gonna say they win the first round and I'll still even say they'll win the East. But you don't sound like you uh think they'll even do that. Well, they'll regroup uh and, and they'll get back in this uh series, but losing the first game and home court advantage in this series is huge. And Oladipo is hungry yeah. and, and he's attacking the whole time and, and they're young as well. You know, but you do have some some guys like Stevenson that's been in the playoffs and knows how to get under LeBron's skin, and uh, you know, and and that can play a factor in this series as well. And you look at Oladipo had 32 points this game. The defense has got to be addressed. That's been a problem for the Cavs. Yeah, and look, they can't guard the three. And I know Indiana doesn't shoot a ton of threes, although they hit 11 today, 39 percent. But see, I think that. The three-point line now, the the over, I don't know what the word is, but the, the fact that the three-point line has become such a huge part of the game, mm-hmm. I think to some degree that's lessened the amount uh, that LeBron James can dominate a game because that three-pointer is an equalizer. You know, he can dominate it from the arc in, but he doesn't seem as great as he is, and he still had a great season, he doesn't seem to be able to totally control and dominate a game the way he used to 
just because the opponent that may be lesser talented can come down and hit threes and they can't guard them. And it also depends on who's handling the ball on the other side, too, to feed those shooters. Uh, and when you have an Oladipo that, that can get downhill into the paint and draw a crowd, and you, you have guys shooting horse shots behind the three-point line. So uh, you have to keep the, the penetrator in front of you first before you can even think about stopping the three-point shot. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, did you now did you make a prediction before the playoffs began as far as who you thought would meet in the finals and uh, win the finals? Well, I made a prediction before Kyrie Irving got, you know, he was okay. written off. You, and you I, thought I, they were going to win the Right, East? I thought the Celtics was coming out of the East, and, I, and then I thought Houston was coming out of the West because of the injuries of Golden okay. State. Okay. Uh, but that's that's totally gone now. I mean, the, the East is up for grabs. I it mean, really is. Between, it's totally up for grabs. Yeah, between Philly, Washington, and Toronto, you know, it's whoever wants it. And you know what? Boston, I, I don't think they can win the East without Kyrie, but, man, they are hungry. It, it's almost like it's just like next man up for them. It is, and, and they have tons of talent. They have tons of guys that buy into the defensive side yep. of the ball. Uh, Brad Stevens is an excellent coach. He knows how to use each and every one of his players to their advantage. Uh, the key to being a good coach is to hide weaknesses and exploit strengths, and Brad Stevens has done that with all of his teams. He's, he's phenomenal. You saw Terry Rozier step up today, mm -hmm. had a big game in, in the absence, of course, of Kyrie Irving. Um, I think they will beat Milwaukee. Um, I, I think at some point Giannis, I love Giannis Adetokounmpo, but at some point he's going to have to show that he can lift his team, at least a, a playoff series victory. Um, but I think Boston, they play smart. Um, they're, they're great defensively. And you saw the Morris, you know, Morris stepped up and hit some big shots. Um, they're a hungry team. I think they're going to get at least to that second round. You mentioned Philadelphia, too. Yeah. That, I felt like maybe they're a year away from really contending. Mm -hmm. But you're right. They could win the East, especially, I mean, Cleveland's reeling. Um, Toronto is great, but they don't scare me. Right. Um, I think they do beat Washington in that first round. But I, I, I'm predicting Philly at least to get to the conference finals. I agree. I mean, and Embiid's going to come back. Oh, man. It's not he like may he be back is back game three. Right. It's not like he's sitting the rest of the playoffs out like like a Kawhi situation, yep. but uh, or Kyrie situation. Excuse me. But uh, uh, shoot, I mean, that guy is a monster. I mean, he can play inside, outside. He's a leading scorer of their team. Ben Simmons, a great facilitator, and you see all those shooters that they have. They went absolutely crazy last night. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a legitimate team, and I think winning these games without Embiid is going to make them that much better. You know, because they're, they're built, they can obviously play Embiid and feed him inside, but now you have Ursan Ilyasova, you got Marco Bellinelli. To add to, you already had pretty good shooters, and Reddick's a great shooter. You had Robert Covington, Darko, Dario Saric. I mean, they are legit, and, and I think, and I've said this before, I know you UCLA types and – you know, you want to say Lonzo Ball is the next Magic Johnson. I think – I like Lonzo. I think Lonzo could be the next Jason Kidd, but I think Ben Simmons is the next Magic Johnson. I don't know if he'll be quite as good as Magic. That's a lot to say. But I think he's the closest thing I've ever seen to Magic, and that includes Penny Hardaway. Yeah, I mean, you can also make an argument uh, 
for LeBron James with his playmaking skills and and how he sees people. But he, I think Ben Simmons is you hit it on the head as far as a point guard yep. at six ten that can distribute and get to the cup and and get close to triple doubles yep. every night. I mean, Ben Simmons is outstanding. He he's phenomenal, and I I hear you on LeBron. You know, we've always said. LeBron is in between Michael and Magic. And oh, I think he he's really a hybrid. is. Yeah, he really is. Like, if he just strictly played point guard, maybe we could say, okay, he's like Magic. But like you said, he scores way more than Magic did. Um, and I don't. I I said this on Colin Cowherd's couch uh, last year. It was a year and a half ago, whatever. During summer league, when Ben Simmons was a rookie, people ridiculed me for it on Twitter. But I said Ben Simmons is a better passer than LeBron James. He I think be. he is just, and not he's a better player. See, people, a lot of people are saying Ben's the next LeBron. I don't think he, he can score like LeBron. Mm-hmm. Now he can score; he can score twenty a game, and if he wants, but I don't think he can score like LeBron. So I think he's more of a true point guard, like Magic versus LeBron. I, I agree to that. I agree to that. I mean, the way he distributed and some of the passes that he made to some of the back backdoor cutters that you know, little slick bounce pass, pocket passes that he makes yep. and. Uh, he sees the floor very well, and he makes everybody on his team better. Those shooters are licking their chops standing in the corner or standing spotted up waiting for him to draw a crowd because he puts the ball right there in pinpoint precision where they can catch and shoot. Yeah, could you see them um, reaching the finals? I mean, they're awfully young. It, would, it wouldn't be unprecedented. We've seen teams, Shaq and Penny, right. we've seen young teams do it before, but um, – they seem too young to do it, but I have to give them a shot again in a wide-open Eastern Conference. You do give them a shot in a wide-open Eastern Conference, and they're hungry, and they're coming out like they all have a chip on their shoulders, like they've all been disrespected in some sorts. And and that's how they're attacking every game, and like they have a lot to prove. And and they say trust the process. This process may have uh, re- <laughs> reached really pretty quick, quickly, right? yes, no question. <laughs> All right, well, look, we're coming back. We're going to take some of your calls. Hit us at 877-996-6369. That's 877-996-6369. It's Chris Broussard and Tracy Murray with the Odd Couple, and we'll be back. Man, Alex is tight, man. (laughs) Look at what Russ is wearing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios is Chris Broussard and Tracy Murray. We are the odd couple. Tracy, of course, filling in for the oddest part of the couple, Rob Parker, <laughs> who is, I don't know if he's on vacation. He's just chilling, whatever. But my man, Alex, what's happening, man? Thank you for that dope beat. Chris, it's been way too long, man. How you been? You look great. I'm good, man. I'm good. I hadn't given you the proper greeting today, so it's all good. You had man. to hit me with that dope beat to let me remember who is on the board. <laughs> Tracy, he does it. He does his thing. This your beat too, probably. Hey, you know, I try not to take too much credit. You made this beat though, right? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does his thing. So, Tracy, we were. Talking about Ben Simmons in the last segment, right. uh, I think he's the next Magic Johnson, closest thing I've ever seen. And he is in a battle for Rookie of the Year, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I'm an official voter. I voted. The, the votes were due on Friday. So we'll see who wins it between Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, of course, had a tremendous season for the Utah Jazz and led them to the playoffs in the Western Conference. 
And they're about to start. Their game is about to start with Oklahoma City. That's a 4-5 matchup. They're the fifth seed. Um, where do you stand on who was rookie of the year? Well, I, I think first and foremost, Ben Simmons is going to win it. Uh, I feel bad for Donovan Mitchell because of the fact that he didn't sit out a whole year, you know, getting uh, more or less uh, he's getting that, that, that year jump from being, you know, he's getting pro stuff preparation for a year. Well, to a explain us, so because that you're right. Like, I mean, you talk Donovan Mitchell – kind of said, look, a rookie should be you right. just got out of college or right. high school if they ever let that rule come in again. Um, ben Simmons, of course, sat out his rookie year, was injured the entire season, mm-hmm. didn't play, but he's around the team. And so you having played in the NBA for 12 years, how much of a benefit can it be for a guy? Even if you don't play, how much of a benefit do you get from that first year? I could speak from not playing. <laughs> so you, I may have practiced, <laughs> practiced, but I didn't play much behind Drexler and Kersey my, my rookie year. But, but I mean, you learn a lot. You, you, you learn the terminology. You learn um, the, the film sessions. You, you get all of the knowledge. The pro knowledge is key. It's the difference between, between playing checkers and chess. Yep. You know, Ben Simmons is playing chess out there with people right now as a rookie. Why? Because he got all of that experience from being around the coaching staff, watching film with them, the experienced guys on the team going through what they were going through. You When you're constantly talking like that, yeah, you, you get all of this knowledge. Like, for example, when I was a kid, I'm sitting up in the, in the, in the living room watching my dad and my uncles watch a game and listen to them talk and break down the game. So I'm getting all of this knowledge. So when I get into high school, you're wondering why does some, how does somebody average 44.3 points a game in a 32-minute game? Well, I'm playing chess against people playing checkers because I sat around for years and listened to the, all of this knowledge that's being thrown around the room about basketball that gave me an advantage. Mm, mm, so mm. I, I think that's what Ben got all year was an advantage from all of the, the people that he's coming across – um, LeBron James took him under his wing during the summertime. They were doing workouts up oh, here yeah. at UCLA. Yeah. So he was same agent. Right. Same agent. He's getting all of this knowledge, you know, this pro preparation for his rookie yeah. season, yeah. which is really a second season. So it's unfortunate for Donovan, but the rules have to be addressed with that. Are they going to keep it the same way? Are they going to change it? Blake Griffin, he was another yeah. one that benefited over Yep, he you won know, the so, rookie of the year. Right. It, it's the same thing. So it's not just Ben Simmons, but Blake did it as well. I'm going to take you back to your something you said in your career. Um, you were uh, obviously a good all-around player, but a very good three-point shooter. Right. When it wasn't as big of a shot, obviously, as it is now, do you ever wish that you – had played in this era when the three-point line is so emphasized? It's funny. My dad said uh, he pre-ejaculated too early, <laughs> about 10 years too early. He pre-ejaculated. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, 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 it was funny he said that. But, you know, this is an era for shooters. Yeah. You know, and, and, and when, when it comes down to it, um, yeah, I would have probably been a max player in this era. But I played in the golden era. I played at the end of Bird all the way through the Jordan years, to through the AI years, through the Vince Carter and Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. You know, I played when it was a great time to play NBA basketball. So do you th- – you, there's always the debate. I mean, when the Warriors won 73, could they have beaten the Bulls at 172? Mm-hmm. 
There's the LeBron Jordan debate. Where do you? It's very hard. I've talked to ex players who are like, man, the the days of comparing eras are over. It's because hard. the game is so different. Yes. But where do you stand on what what was the better game? Now with all these three point shots. Or back in the era you played? I, I think it's entertaining now for fans to see a bunch of people hoisting up shots <laughs> from, from everywhere and, and, and the ones that go in, you know, with hands down their throat. It's, it's entertaining. It's like a dunk to them to see a three-point yeah, shot going. Right. So it's entertaining, but I think the best brand of basketball was back then. I mean, when you have the hand check and then you – that you have to be pretty talented. Now, the era before me, it was a double hand check. Dudes were, like, literally putting two hands on you and you had guys like Bernard King and Dominic Woods, Larry Bird, all these guys, Iceman George Gervin that can score the basketball. Yeah. They were giving you numbers with a double hand check. Then they went to a That's hand incredible. check. Think right. of it. That we, we need yeah. to marinate on that for a minute. A double hand check. A double hand check. check. Alex English it. and Kiki Vandeweghe and averaging over 20 points, yep, 25 yep, points a game. Yep. Right. It's like double hand check. Now, then it goes to a hand check. You can still, you know, Derek Harper used to control people yeah, yeah. with that one hand, you know, with the one hand check. Then it went to the arm bar. Then then it went to nothing at all. Yep. Now you can't you can't guard anybody in this era that's talented with, when you can't touch them. It just it just can't happen. And so so I think you had to be more talented and, and 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 smarter, high basketball, higher basketball IQ to score against that type of contact. That's a great point. I'm gonna throw something else in there too. Not only could you hand check back then, but when you did get past your man into the paint, there were people in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you you got four, sometimes five guys around the three point line. Right. So when you get past your man. A lot of times it is just an open lane to the basket for an easy dunk, easy layup, or you might get one guy contesting you at the rim. So, I mean, imagine some of the guys like Michael Jordan in this era oh. when you couldn't hand check them, <laughs> and then when you got to the rim, there was no Patrick Ewing, no D D D David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Lonzo Moore. We could go on and on there to hammer you. It's laughable to think of Michael Jordan having no no type oh, of contact. Man. Man. You know, he was averaging 30s and 40s with, with, without with the contact. Now, imagine without the contact. It would be ridiculous. He, he'll average 50, 60, wouldn't he? Well, it's look, it, it is such it's, – it's, diff, it's different, as you said. Um, I actually think that this is just my personal feeling, really from viewing – I'm not basing it all on this, but looking at the All-Star game mm -hmm. and how it kind of became a joke – when they began shooting way more three-pointers. Right. They went from like 73s combined in 2013 to over 100. And that's when the game just got out right. of hand and it wasn't fun to watch. I feel like there could be a threshold in a regular game. Like if, if there's – I don't know this for a fact, but if there's too many threes taken, I don't know if it's 100 a game or whatever – but where the game is no longer uh, reminiscent of what we grew up playing. I actually think that they should run. Eventually, you may have to consider running the three-point line into the sideline. Right. Like, I think like that. Basically, you, you get rid of the corner, corner three. Corner three, yeah. Because that would bring back post-play. It would bring back mid-range game. And you still would have, you know, three-point shooting. I, I just think sports are better when there's a balance yes. of all that. Not all post-play not all three-point shooting, but a, a balance of everything. Right. I, I thought there was more of a balance back in the day. 
old school basketball, there was more of a balance. The, the, the era before me, balance. My era, balance. Then you saw a goal to just strictly athletic for a yes, second. Yes, great point. And then you see now, where it's no touching defensively, now it's just all perimeters, you know, launcher three. Yeah. And you have non-shooters shooting threes because of this analytic style uh, uh, of play that they're, you know, shoot threes, get a layup, or get fouled. It's because, you know, they say if you hit 33% of your three-pointers, one out of three, that's the same as hitting 50% of your two-pointers. That works for Golden State. It don't, yeah, it, and Houston. You, that, to, you know, In Houston, you have to have the personnel to do yeah. it. You yeah. can't just come out there with your team and buy into somebody else's style of play that doesn't fit your team. It doesn't make sense. Well, see, I think that's one of my major problems with the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. I think they try to outshoot people from the three-point line. And you even saw it today. When they hit their threes, they made runs and they got close or at least you know close to single digits. When they were off from three, that's when they got blown out. And I don't think – I'm with you. They don't have the personnel – to outshoot right. the great teams. I mean, right. they can outshoot some of the bad teams, and when you get hot, of course, but they can't do it night in and night out. There's no way they can beat a Golden State and, and probably a Houston trying to outshoot them from three. Because right. Kevin Love and all those guys aren't as good a three pointer shooters as they are. They're not Clay Thompson, James Harden, you know, and all the other guys that those two teams have. Well, throughout the the finals with Houston and Golden State and those finals that 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 happened in the past. I went out and said this in every final uh, series. Cleveland cannot try to outshoot Golden State Mm. from the three-point line if they're going to win this one. They're going to have to defend the three-point line, and they're going to have to attack the basket and and, and eat in the mid-range. Yep. Uh, If you get caught up in Golden State's game, they will eat you alive. And and that goes for anybody that plays that style of game. If, If you have the personnel to play it, Go ahead and play it. Yeah. It's going to work for you. Make sure you have a rim protector, though, because defensively, you know, that might be a problem. You know, you got to have a rim protector so you can shoot, yep. you know, threes in transition and stuff like that. Well, look, we, we're not getting off the Cleveland Cavaliers yet, and we're wondering, is this really the beginning of the end for LeBron in Cleveland? Oh, if me? so, where should he go next? We'll be back with that talk. Uh, but first, let's go to David Gascon. What's happening, man? What's tell up, us what's Chris? trending. Man, I can tell you what. It could be the beginning of the end for LeBron and Cleveland because of this dude. Here's Oladipo, right of center, three ball. Oladipo with 32. He has hit six three-point baskets. The lead is 17. Pacers Radio Network. He finishes the day with 32. Six of nine from downtown. Pacers take game one in Cleveland, 98-80. to 80. A great ball game in Boston. Celtics beat the Bucks 113 to 107. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 35 points and 13 rebounds and a losing cause. On the other side of things, Jason Tatum poured in 19 points. Al Horford had 24. Here is Tatum. Brad does a great job, as well as our coaching staff and, and everybody. We could have easily, you know, just been deflated at the end of regulation. But, you know, we all stuck together and we came back out there and uh, we executed, played really well in overtime. Fellas, they're doing starting lineups right now in game one in OKC. It's the Thunder and Jazz. We'll get things tipped off in game number one. The nightcap is in Houston. Rockets and Timberwolves. Tip-off time is at 9 o'clock Eastern. Switching gears over to the National Hockey League. One game in the books already. Center point now to Evgeny Malkin. 
Back to Latang, right side to Malkin. One time shot, he scored from 26 feet away. Malkin buries it, and the Penguins have a 3 0 lead. Oh, it is time to buy new shoes. Penguins Radio Network, they beat the Flyers 5 1. Pittsburgh now leads that best of seven series, two games to one. In Major League Baseball, Clayton Kershaw has been good through six innings 12 Ks, two hits, one earned run. LA leading, though. Against Arizona, it's 7-1. Brewers, they fall in New York to the Mets, 3-2. Noah Syndergaard had 11 strikeouts in five and a third innings. Bryce Harper, league-leading seventh home run of the year. Nationals fall at home to the Rockies, 6-5. Chris? So, Gascon, have you are, have you jumped off Cleveland's bandwagon? Have you buried them? No, I didn't think they would actually get to the Eastern Conference Finals anyway. You don't think they'll get to the Conference Finals? No, I wasn't sold on them. I mean, just because of all those trades, I mean, you have one guy, LeBron James, and we had Kevin Love, who was not playing the majority of the season. I didn't think they were good enough to turn the switch off and then on like we could see with the Golden State Warriors because they just don't have they don't have that championship pedigree. It's just one guy that has it, and that's LeBron. Wow. Wow. See, my a big part of why I believed in them was they're in the East. I know. I, and like we said, the East is wide open. I, I it mean, is. I I thought, I mean, I could be wrong, but, man, Milwaukee not winning game one at Boston, that was a shock for me. I just thought they have a lot of talent. And with Boston being banged up now, with Kyrie obviously being gone, I mean, that was the one series I thought we could see an upset in, not this one with Cleveland and Indiana. No, nah, you know, Boston – is so good. I yeah. mean, so well coached. Coach. And, and I'm not saying Milwaukee. Joe Prunty's not not doing a bad job. But um, I think Boston – I'm predicting Boston in seven in that one. What you got, Tracy? I have Boston in six. Really? Okay. And you had that before today's game. I, I, <laughs> I had Boston winning that series because of – I think Milwaukee has too much of the same player. Yeah. You know, they don't have guys bringing different skills to the point. table. When you have too much of the same player, okay, how are you going to win this basketball game? How are you going to have a different look when you come to Boston? Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's a good point. And Adetta Kumbo, at some point, he's going to have to start winning too. Right. You know, um, he's obviously a great individual player, but you got to start winning. Uh, look, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 800- 947-A-U-T-O. That's 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. And Tracy, we just talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lose by 18 points today in game one at home to the Indiana Pacers. And the big story all year uh, has been, or one of them at least, where LeBron James will go next season. Uh, this summer he can be a free agent. He can opt out of his contract. Everybody expects him to. And where will he end up? I've said it. Kevin Love even said it, you know, before the playoffs began, that that decision looms over the entire postseason. And I think that – I don't think LeBron knows where he's going, um, but I think it all is going to depend on what happens in this postseason. Where do you – do you have a feeling – I know we, you don't know, but do you have a feeling on where you think he could go or should go? I don't have a feeling on where he he's going to go because there are so many options. I think he's going to go somewhere where he has a chance of winning another championship. Does that out rule out the Lakers? Because everybody in L.A. is thinking, you know, he's coming to the Lakers. Well, if he does come to the Lakers, he has a home here. So And he wants to get in – he has stuff that he's doing entertainment-wise. 
So that would be the motivation to come here to L.A. Not to win. It would, well, win you it have all. to win with the Lakers. Right. You would have to win. You and know? see, to me, that's one reason that could be a deterrent to LeBron James. If I'm him, mm-hmm. because a, every player with the Lakers, except Elgin Baylor, who was of LeBron's stature, Jerry West, Magic, Kareem, Wilt, uh, Kobe, Shaq, they all delivered championships. Right. So if he comes here, still we think in his prime, at least toward the end of his prime, and doesn't deliver a championship, that could be a little knock on his resume, right? Yes, yes, definitely a a knock on his resume and and what everybody thinks of him uh, when it comes to the history. He's great. You know, that that would be a difficult thing. So I I think he – L.A., I think he would have to work too hard this late in the game in his career. You know, even though he is still – in prime mode, he played 82 games this year. He's been healthy. He's he's still the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. But how long does he have this? You know, he's a man child now. But how long does he have left? How much does he have left in the tank yeah. to play at this level? No, I, I hear you. So if it's not the Lakers, and I don't think it should personally, I look if he were somehow to lead Cleveland to the championship, I'd love to see him stay there. Mm-hmm. But Uh, That doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think the place to go is Philadelphia. You know, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and all that they have going. Now, I I do feel this way, though. What if Philadelphia gets to the finals and loses, but gets to the finals? Does LeBron James, can he go there? You know, like, would it look bad if he were to go there? Or let's say they play in the conference finals, Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia beats Cleveland. I don't think he can go there. That's that's the Kevin Durant move. Right. <laughs> and look, I, I didn't kill Kevin Durant, but I will say that Kevin Durant is not in the conversation for the greatest of all time. He's a great all-time player. He could be top 10 when he's all said and done, but he's not being compared to Michael Jordan. Right. And so I think LeBron is held to a higher standard. So mm-hmm. to me – if Philadelphia gets to the finals uh, or beats Cleveland in the playoffs, that could be a tough pill for for me to swallow. And I think a lot of people, if LeBron were to go and join them, it, it is a tough pill. But honestly, that's probably the best place he can land at this point because he got a rings. lot of young studs, and he can just be the facilitator, like like or, or be the scorer because because Ben Simmons is the facilitator. He can play a different role with that team, you know. We'll see. We'll see. It's it's interesting. That's a great point because if I if LeBron goes to Philly, I'm I want to see Ben Simmons still be the true point guard. Period. Yes. I would I would like if LeBron goes to Philly, I would like him to say I'm going to be a small forward. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you 25 points and nine rebounds a night, and that's my role. Right. That's a great role. Yeah. But don't take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands. I mean, every blue moon, yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't take the ball out of his hands. I don't know if LeBron can do that, though. Yeah, you, you still want to see the young guys grow. You want to see Embiid grow. You want to see Simmons grow. You want to see Fultz grow. You want to see these yeah. guys grow. Uh, you don't want to stunt their growth by bringing in LeBron and telling him, do LeBron. Yep. Uh, uh, that, that would be a mistake of, of the process that was being trusted. No, I'm with you on that. And, and, and I've, I had a player tell me who won championships in your era and he told me once before, he said LeBron James would have, he just threw out eight, just meaning a large number of championships, if he chose one thing. 
He said if he decide, okay, I'm going to be magic, give you 22 points, 12 assists a night, true point guard, or I'm going to be just a, a true small forward and give you 35 and nine rebounds a night. He said because for the role players, it would make it easier for them to know their jobs and define their roles. Do you feel like there's some truth to that? It is. It's no confusion on what everybody's role is. You can be consistent in your role night in, night out, because what what coaches want out of their players is consistency. If you know your role night in, night out, you're going to be consistent. If LeBron is the scorer, then you know how to fill in around him. If he is just a facilitator, then you know that you got to step your level up scoring the basketball so consistently – you can do that. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is some truth to what, it, what was said. It, it, I think that was part of, you know, a lot of reasons Kyrie wanted to leave. But that was part of it because mm-hmm. you don't know, oh, oh, I'm bringing it up. Oh, you got it this time? Okay, you bringing it up. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. you don't know, and that can make it difficult. So, But we're going we gonna to keep talking about LeBron. We, we got much more to talk about him. But the Utah Jazz are off to a great start. They're up 16-4 to on Oklahoma City. Now, if Oklahoma, see, most people think, including me, that Paul George is probably out of there anyway. But certainly if they bow out in an ugly season, a series to Utah, he's definitely gone. But look, this might sound crazy, but I don't think the Lakers should offer a max contract to Paul George. And I'll tell you why. I hate that song. Tracy, we getting the whole arsenal I of see. Alex's talent. He made this beat too. <laughs> That's why everybody's out there wondering, yo, where that where that beat come from? What beat is that? Make you want to freestyle, huh? Yeah, hey, hey, don't tip me. Don't tip the brother. I'm still waiting for that freestyle. <laughs> I might come in here one day. The, the spirit might hit me one day, but not today. But brought to you by Granger. The products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And speaking of get it done, Tracy Murray, Chris Broussard, the odd couple. We're having a lot of fun here. Uh, we've been talking about so much, but I mentioned as we came out of the break uh, or went into the break that I would not max out Paul George if I'm the Lakers. Everybody's talking about Paul George coming to the Lakers, and we know he wants to play here and all that. I, there is a qualifier. If I, get, if I know that by getting Paul George, I'm going to also get LeBron James, then I max him out. Mm-hmm. And I, I have LeBron and George, and I think I can compete in the Western Conference for the championship. But if I just get Paul George by himself – I don't think I'm going to max him if I'm the Lakers, and here's why. Because I think Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, and to a lesser extent Kyle Kuzma in a couple of years could be close to as good and perhaps better. One of them might be better than Paul George in a couple of years, and when they come up for money, they're going to want the max or close to it. So I'm like – I just feel like Paul George by himself is not leading me deep into the Western Conference playoffs at this stage of his career. So if he's the only one I would get, I would not max him. I would keep my money, maybe pay somebody a one-year deal, Isaiah Thomas, whoever, and let my young guys play 
And then next summer, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Klay Thompson. Maybe go for one of them if I can't get LeBron James with Paul George. What say you? That's interesting because you're looking at Julius Randle, who's free this year. I mean, this summer. So, I mean. Well, there's talk that people think they need to move him to get that that room. They could be very creative where they wouldn't have to move him. Um, but what do you think of Randall? I mean, how good can he be? But this is one of those uh, trust the process with the young guys thing that happened a few years ago uh, when, when I was coaching with, with, with Coach Scott. It's We had young guys. We're developing them, yep. you know, for, for you know, kind of pr- trusting the process like Philly. Yes, they got rid of D'Angelo. Yes, they got rid of Clarkson and Nance. But they got rid of Nance because of Julius Randle and yep. what he brought to the table this year. Are you going to let him get away? Or, you know, while trying to sign these max deals, somebody that, that developed under you, you're going to let him go somewhere else and become an all-star? Or, or, or is he going to continue to work after he get his money? That's well, another thing that you have to think about. So uh, it's, it's interesting when you say that. Um, would you rather Kawhi, who's a little bit younger than Paul George, if you want to, I would definitely rather Kawhi. Right, I like mean, all he, things being equal. Now, the the thing with Kawhi, look, everybody's talking. He's not at the Spurs games. Mm-hmm. He's still working out in New York because that's where his doctors are at. Um, his side is telling me, look, there's no beef. We're not, you know, the, the one thing that throws them off about the Spurs is they're like, when we see the Spurs, it's all good. We keeping them abreast of everything. They got a few trainers up in New York at times working with Kawhi. Uh, but then we hear these anonymous sources in stories right. talking about tension and and the Spurs are upset. And they're saying it's not coming from us. Right. So it must be coming from the Spurs. That's what bothers him. But I can't help but think he's not on the bench with them. Right. There's a problem. So teams are lined up. I know the Clippers are going to go after Kawhi. They got two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of decent players they can offer here's the the better question. If you're the Lakers, would you trade some of your young talent for Kawhi or would you rather just have Paul George as a free agent and keep your young talent? That's tough. That, it's tough thinking about that because Kawhi is a great young two-way player that can dominate a game on both ends. So losing the young talent after investing – time and energy into them would be tough because you're developing them to be that crop around the superstars that's yeah. going to continue to to get better. So I, I wouldn't risk you leaving, uh, losing all of those young players for one player. I would want to keep some, like, look, you talked about Julius Randle earlier. If I'm getting LeBron, yeah, I'll, I'll let Julius go. Right. I right, would. Right. But I don't know that I'd do it, I'm sorry, for Paul George. Mm-hmm. I think he's very good. I think he is a max player somewhere. But I think the Lakers have young talent that could really blossom. Right. I, I just don't think Paul is the same player uh, after the broken leg than he was before. Nah, that's that's a good point. And, look, he's, he's helping the Thunder right now. They're climbing back into this game. They're down by four against Utah with a minute and a half left. But we're going to talk about the Thunder Uh, After the break, all this Russell Westbrook hate has to stop. 
Yes, Tracy's in for my partner Rob Parker on the Odd Couple. I guess we are Odd Couple. <laughs> you played 12 years in the NBA. You you put up good numbers there, averaging 16 points a game one year. And I played Division three basketball. Hey, you and still I didn't hoop? put up 16 points a game either. You still hoop? I right? hoop. There's a much lower level. People don't understand the levels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How good NBA players actually are. No, How good D League players actually are. Yeah, I mean, they're very good. I mean, the, the NBA players are the top 450 oh. players in the world. And then the G League are right there underneath yeah. them all. And it's even difficult to get a gig overseas nowadays because of how basketball's grown around the world. Yeah, nah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, we are the I Couple, and we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. If you want to give us a call, you have any questions, we're talking all things NBA playoffs, feel free to do so. We can be reached at one 800 or at one 99 on Fox. That's 877-99 on Fox. And Tracy, I'm sorry. I'm tired of <laughs> the Russell Westbrook hate. This guy was the MVP last year, obviously, for average, averaging a triple-double, second player ever, first since Oscar Robertson in 1962. He does it again. And now everybody's calling him a stat padder, a stat stuffer. He's not interested in winning. All he wants to do is get triple doubles. And I say enough is enough. I put Russell Westbrook on my first team All-NBA in the backcourt with James Harden. I had him fourth on my MVP ballot behind Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James, and the winner, James Harden. And people are killing me on Twitter Saying, how could you vote for a stat stuffer? How, what, what, where you stand on this? It is very difficult to have one triple double. Mm. One. I never had a triple double in my life. It's easier to have a triple double when you have the ball in your hand as a point guard and you have talent around you, but it's still difficult because you got to go in. And grab rebounds with the big fellas. Yep. You got to set everybody up, and they have to hit shots to get your assist. And, oh, by the way, you got to go score the basketball, too. (laughs) It is very difficult, people, to get a triple-double. There are probably, I would go on record saying about 75 80% of the history of the NBA that's probably never had a triple-double. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It, it, and that's my thing. Like, look, I will, I do believe it's easier to get a triple-double today than mm-hmm. when you played. Right. And that's a few reasons. One, I think small ball. Right. You know, so the bigs aren't, there aren't as many bigs. Like, when you play power forwards were power yes. forwards. Yes. They rebounded, they banged. Now power forwards are stretch fours. So the small ball is one reason. And then the floor is so spread out. Even yes. when you have bigs on the floor, they're out at the three-point line or the free-throw line a lot. So perimeter players can grab more rebounds. And the three-point shot makes for long rebounds. Right. So I do think that's why you see inflated rebound numbers with some perimeter guys. But still, if it was easy to get triple-doubles, everybody be doing everybody it. Everybody be doing it. LeBron then- James not averaging a triple-double, as great as he is. Right. And then if you, you look at – 
even the fives nowadays. They're so athletic. Yep. You come off a of pick and rolls and you just throw it to the rim and they go get it. I mean, if you can get two or three of those a game, that's, those are easy assists. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what Paul was getting with DeAndre Jordan yeah. when he was with the with the uh, Clippers. It's very difficult, people, to get a triple-double. Yeah, so I, I, I just feel like there's too much hate on Westbrook. Now, look, I will say, is he ever going to win a championship? I, I would probably say no, mm-hmm. you know. But, heck, most players don't win championships. Even most stars don't win championships. But I do think he is going to go down as an iconic player. I mean, the first player ever to average a triple-double in two seasons. Um, I think he's going to go down like an Allen Iverson. You know, Iverson obviously never won a championship. But he will be remembered as that type of individual phenom, even if he doesn't win a ring. They have the same attack mode mentality. They play the game one way. They play extremely hard. Um Allen Iverson would tell you, you know, even though he didn't win a championship, he died trying. Yeah, you know, and and Westbrook is going to be the same way. If if he feels the game is getting out of hand, he's going to try to win it himself. Yep, yep. And and sometimes that lack of trust sometimes is what hurts him when it when it comes to his teammates or maybe losing games, not trusting because you you see that not everybody's putting in the same effort. Maybe that that you're you're uh, putting in. So you go ahead and take yep. the game over. Yep. You got that, more faith right. in yourself. You have more faith yep. in yourself. And I think he has to trust his teammates more. He's getting better at it. Um, but in order to win a championship, sometimes, you know, that, that trust has got to be, it's got to be high on your list. Yeah. I, I think that the, there was a previous era kind of right after you were done and, and up to leading into this current era where the three point shot I think where you had a lot of one on one, a lot more one on one play. Right. You know, LeBron is plays that way. Um, Westbrook plays that way. Chris Paul kind of played that way in mm-hmm. with the Clippers and and before that in New Orleans. Kobe. Kobe, Dwayne Wade. Yep. You know, Iverson. Obviously, that was that era. And I think now, I think Golden State kind of opened people's eyes to where that, no matter how great your one star is. And LeBron James is about as good as it gets. I don't know that that can consistently beat a talented team that moves the ball and particularly can shoot. Right. You know, like the teams that have beaten up LeBron James, Orlando, when they beat him in the playoffs when he was in Cleveland and won 66 games, they shot the three. Mm-hmm. San Antonio, an old San Antonio team, ran through the heat in 2014 in Miami. They were moving the ball, shot the three. Golden State moves the ball, shoots the three. Dallas. Dallas, yeah. I mean, I, I I just think that's a better brand of basketball because no matter how good one player is, he's not going to beat five good players. Right. I mean, balanced scoring will always beat one or two people getting big numbers. I mean, if you look across the board and you have a guy with 18, two guys with 14, a guy with 12, and a guy with 10, and then the guy off the bench comes off and gets 15 – I mean, that's yeah. going to beat two guys to get you 30 every night. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's a great point. You remember in the 80s, there was the feeling that you couldn't lead the league in scoring and win championships. Right. Because, I mean, Larry Bird never did it. Nobody on the Lakers, Showtime Lakers, led the league in scoring those years. Michael. Michael. Now, Michael changed it. Right. Because he did – that's one reason – that's one of the arguments I use when I say he's the GOAT mm-hmm. because he did kind of change conventional wisdom – 
that you can lead the league in scoring and win championships. Mm -hmm. But before him, I mean, Will Chamberlain, when he won his titles, he didn't average a lot of points, Mm -hmm. you know, those two years. When he averaged 50 and 44 and 38 and all that, he wasn't winning championships. Right, right. And and that's what happened with Michael too. When he was averaging forty and thirty eight and around around that, yeah, area, it was a little lower when he won it. It You're was right. lower when yep. he won it. Yep. He had to allow Pippen and and whoever else get a couple of buckets in order to trust. He had to trust those guys. And if you trust those guys, it's easier for him to score when he needs to score. Yep, yep. Nah, he. Uh, but yeah, Russell Westbrook. All the haters need to stop. I don't know if Jason from Oregon is a hater. I think he wants to talk <laughs> about Damian Lillard, but that could be related. To my man Westbrook, what's happening, Jason? What you got? No man, just long, long time Rip City fan, long time Portland Trailblazer hey. fan. My question, yeah, it's Tracy, man. Uh, remember you in the mid '90s, man. Uh, listen, do does Portland attract a free agent in the next three years, uh, or make uh, a major trade to to compete for a championship, uh, especially with everything that Lillard's been able to do this year? in establishing himself uh, as one of the premier guards in the league? Uh, or are they just going to continue to be one of those three, four, five uh, slotted teams in the Western Conference? Thanks for taking my question, guys. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, look, you know you played up there. Portland's a great city. Yes. You know, um, it's not quite a destination city, I guess. I don't know why. It's a great place to live. They're crazy about the team up there. But it is hard for me to say that they're going to get that big-time free agent to go there. Well, it's a little bit different nowadays, Chris, because um, guys are going to have to recruit like they do. You know, it's like there's everybody knows each other now. They spend time with each other in the All-Star games. So they are going to have to recruit like yeah. LeBron did, like they did with LeBron down in Miami and, and D-Way. Who does Damian Lillard have influence over? You know, who does McCallum have uh, influence to to get there? These guys are going to have to use their leverage and tell these guys, hey, man, why don't you come rock with us Yeah. so we can win this championship? You've got a great city. The city's grown over the years. Um, You you have a, a great organization. You have a very, very supportive fan base that loves their Blazers. Come on up here and rock with us. You know, they're going to have to do that. What do you think when you look at that team, what do they need to join that upper echelon? I mean, it looks like now they might not even get out of the first round. But what do you – I mean, Nurkic, Yusef Nurkic, I think is a good center. Yes. Um, you obviously have the great backcourt with Lillard and McCollum. What do you think they need to kind of get to that next level? I think they need a, a quality three-man that can guard somebody and, and get you buckets. Um a power forward that's going to stretch forward like they do nowadays uh, that can knock down a three-point shot and that can protect the rim on the other end and maybe switch out on people and keep people in front of them. Okay. Um, and maybe a stronger bench. Yeah, and so though it's kind of like you said earlier, you got these two players that put up huge numbers, mm-hmm. uh, but nobody else is really getting a ton of points. I mean, Nurkic is in double figures, but um, – Maybe they need they need more balance. Right. And yeah. I do think you have a lot of players. I'm not necessarily saying no, those two fit into this category. But a lot of guys don't know how to share the rock like they used to. Right. And, and when you have two guards shooting the ball all the time, that's not going to attract very many 
uh, forwards and centers to to your yep. situation because they're like, okay, these guys are shooting all the balls. Uh, where are they going to share? Where am I going to fit here? Yeah. You know, no, so it's, it's so um, they're going to have to sacrifice their game a little bit as well if they want to draw a, a big-time free agent in there or some great pieces to help them win a championship. Well, speaking of great pieces, we have a surprise entry into the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes, <laughs> and we'll tell you about it next. It's the Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Tracy Murray filling in for Rob Parker. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tracy, we've been talking about the great Kawhi Leonard, who we aren't getting to witness this postseason. We're not even to get getting to see Kawhi in a suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he not at least we can see Kyrie Irving on the bench in a suit and see see what kind of style he has. Kawhi is in New York working out as his doctors up there are still not saying he's ready to play, haven't cleared him. And the Spurs obviously got their hands full in the Bay Area with the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. That's leading people all around the league. I was just talking to somebody with a team today. Uh, They're thinking Kawhi's done in San Antonio. I'm thinking he's done in San Antonio as well. Just hearing all the rumors and, and him not being at the games. You know, he's supposed to be suited and booted over there with some yeah. shades on or something. <laughs> Gotta, you're thinking he's going to, you know, come on out and get some style points. Um, you expect him to be around the team yeah. right now. This is the the playoff lives are at stake. This is when you have to be everybody in the foxhole together, and he's not there. That's that's a big sign. I was going to ask you like cuz I had Danny Green on my podcast in the zone a couple weeks ago and he said, you know, look, it's all good with the players in Kawhi, there's no beef, no tension anything like that. If you're a player on that Spurs team though, is this rubbing you the wrong way that he's not there? I think it, I think they're thinking about it in the back of their heads, you know, wow, Kawhi's not supporting us. Mm. You know, but then at the same time, <laughs> when there's a comment in an interview by Tony Parker saying what he said. <laughs> now, know? do you know Tony? Do you know? I mean, know him pretty well. I don't know him that well. He was a young guy when okay. I never played with him. He was a young guy in the league uh, uh, at the time. We, we've had a couple of conversations, but nothing nothing real big. Because I've interviewed him and talked to him. I'm not going to act like I know him that well. But he has struck me as a guy – with no filter, you know, like, like, obviously, I heard that right? about him. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, and, and I don't know, I might be wrong. I'm, I don't know if he meant it, you know, like as a shot at Kawhi right. or he was just like, this is how it is. You know, I, I can hear Tony like, my, my injury was a hundred times worse. Like not even <laughs> thinking that you're ripping Kawhi, you know right, what I mean? Right. I don't know which way he meant it, but it was a, it was a powerful comment. It, it was harsh. It sure was. And, and if you're Kawhi, you would take that one personally. Yeah. You yeah, really would. Yeah. Now, you're, now your toughness is questioned. Yeah, no question. So, look, Sam Amick, great reporter of the NBA for USA Today, he has written and tweeted that the L.A. Clippers are putting together a package uh, to try to get Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I've talked to some people, and I know that to be true. Uh, they actually have two lottery picks this year. They have their own pick. They have uh, the Detroit Pistons pick that they got in the Blake Griffin trade. And obviously they've got some other good players, you know, Pat- Patrick Beverly and 
you know, just a a, a number of good players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can put together a pretty good package, but I don't think there's any doubt in my mind Boston can put together the best package for Kawhi Leonard. Um, you've got, you know, Sacramento's pick. you got a bunch of good young players, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Heck, you even got Gordon Hayward, you know, who's injured, obviously, but will be back next year. Um, the Lakers, we talked a little bit earlier. They could put together some of the, their young players. Where do you think would be, I guess, two? I'm going to ask you two questions. One, who can pr- put together the best package? And two, where do you think the best landing spot for Kawhi Leonard would be? <laughs> well, as much as I hate to say this, the answer to both of those questions is Boston. They have the young players, and, and we talked about it a little bit. They have the young players. They have the assets that that they can use to, to maneuver to get him. Yep. And then look at the versatility that it gives Boston by having Kawhi. You know, it gives them all kind of lineups that they can use as if they don't have enough talent already right. and have uh, – Brad Stevens will be licking his chops if he was to get <laughs> Kawhi Leonard right now and all of the things that he can do with his team versatility-wise. Yep. If Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving, um, I, if you can keep Jason Tatum, who I think is going to be a star. I think he's got that type of ability. He looked good today in their win over Milwaukee in game one. J- heck, if you can keep Jalen Brown, I mean, you got to give up somebody. But, um, you know, Morris – He's played well. <laughs> hey, I I would my if I could if I'm Boston, and I hate to say this because the guy signed with you as a free agent and all that, and he's been through you know this terrible injury this year. I would offer Gordon Hayward and probably one of those lottery picks. I, I would too, and and honestly, Gordon Hayward would be a good fit with It'd San Antonio. Yep. So it would be a win-win situation between both teams. Yeah, if you're if you're Gordon Hayward, to be honest, if you're anybody that wants to win, you can't be mad about getting traded to San Antonio. No, no. as a matter of fact, I was drafted by San Antonio mad that they traded me. <laughs> so you never played – that's right. Did, never did played get, a game for Was him. it a draft night trade? It was a draft night trade in Portland of all places, and I ended wow. up in Portland. So it, that was a place that I was supposed to be. Yeah. But – Draft night, not knowing what was going on, and they tell me don't get comfortable with that hat. I was pretty upset. <laughs> they had David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Avery, uh, right. Avery, you know, this, it was before the Tim Duncan era. But right. yeah, you that was a squad. But that's that was setting me up to play with Tim because he was coming a couple of years later. Yeah, yep. you know, and, and I could have established myself as a good role player for them with David Robinson and, and the character guys they had in that locker room. But it was meant for me to be in Portland and go through what I went through and learning experiences and learn from uh, Clyde, one of the best 50 players to ever play yeah. the game. And, you know, it was meant for me to go with him to Houston to win the championship. And it, my journey was already there. You know, it was set for me. It was meant for me to do it. Now, the Lakers, they could get in the sweepstakes too. They have some, yes. They don't have the draft picks that Boston has, but they do have some good young players. Would you do that? Go for Kawhi, or would you just try to sign Paul George? Actually, you could. do. I don't think you need both, but you could try to go after both. You could trade for Kawhi and sign George as a free agent. Or maybe you, you can You can do that if you want to play them at the two and the three because one of them can play the two yeah. and play the three. 
you can't do that and have two dominating wings to Your go defense along. defense would be ferocious. The great defense uh, with Lonzo Ball pushing the ball. You know, that that could be something nice, you know, and and maybe keep uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma to play the a four if you want to go small mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or assign Julius to be that four. You know, you have you have options when you're the Lakers. It's it's good to be the Lakers right now because you do have these options. You have money and you have some assets. If you're the Spurs, if I'm Greg Popovich, and I got to believe they would do this, before I traded Kawhi, I know you're upset with him and they think he should be playing because their doctors have cleared him. Mm-hmm. I got to sit down with him, though. Oh, of course. Right. I don't just trade him. I don't just get up. I'm ticked off. I'm trading him. I mean, you sat down with LaMarcus Aldridge. Right. And they worked it out, and he he's had a great year this year. But um, I, I'm not giving up on Kawhi Leonard that easily. No, it's a it's a sit down. Okay, what's the problem? Yep. Here? Can we work this out? Is this uh is this a problem that we can fix? Yep. And look, they do have one thing in their favor, which is that they're the only team that can offer him five years, two hundred nineteen million. <laughs> That's the only, and I think the other teams are be around 175 million, or you know, I mean, for four years. So they can offer him more money than anybody. He can't get that anywhere else. So that's a huge asset in your favor. And you're sitting in a no state tax state. That's right. That's right. That's something to think that's about. Right. So that's an awful lot right there. And you, we talking about the Western Conference. Look, OKC. 54-48 at, at the half. They're ahead of the Utah Jazz. Um, don't write off the OKC Thunder. Speaking of Paul George, he's got 20 points. Well, he's really stepped it up in the playoffs, yeah. haven't he? <laughs> <laughs> he must have heard me talking about, uh, I don't know if I'm maxing him if I'm the Lakers. Us. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So do you give we'll, – we'll get back to this, but um, – because I do want to hear your thoughts on Oklahoma City. Do you give them a shot in the Western? How deep can they go in the Western Conference playoffs? We'll have that coming up. First, we got David Gascon. Chris, you forgot all about me. I'm just here I know, in the, man. My, I'm just I'm here in the corner, hanging out. <laughs> I'm forgotten. I'm used to seeing you, man. I, I, you know, I don't see you around. I know. I, I'm sorry. Even your your executive producer, Robert Guerra, forgot about me. So it's <laughs> it's all good. But gentlemen, as you mentioned, Chris, the the fellas are at the break right now. OKC in Utah. Paul George had himself a monster first half. George off balance doesn't matter. Cha-ching and Thunder Moneyball, his third of the half. He has 15 points. Uh, Thunder Radio Network, he's got 20 points, four of six from downtown. Russell Westbrook's got 14, and Carmelo Anthony's got nine. So it's 54-48, OKC out in front. Utah Jazz, if you do recall, back in the first quarter, led 16-4 at one point, but Thunder have woken up in the second quarter. So earlier today, Celtics took care of the Milwaukee Bucks, 113-107. Al Horford in overtime got things done. Horford had 24 points, 13-14 at the free throw line. He also had 12 rebounds. Jason Tatum had 19. Terry Rozier had 23, including a three-pointer. Just about five-tenths of a second left in regulation. Pacers shocked the Cavaliers, 98-80. Victor Oladipo poured in 32 points. He was 6-9 of nine from downtown. Here is Pacers head coach, Nate McMullen. I thought our guys did a good job of 
of uh, not giving up anything easy. We did a good job of executing our offense uh, and uh, didn't allow them to get uh, in transition, which allows the crowd to get into the game. Pacers lead that best of seven series, one game to love. Chris, I know you're a huge hockey fan, so just a heads up, a couple of games today. Penguins trash the Flyers 5-1. Sidney Crosby with a goal and three assists. Jets leading the Minnesota Wild 1-0. Blake Wheeler with a power play goal at games in the first period. Check that Minnesota just tied it, so it's 1-1. In Major League Baseball, Clayton Kershaw with seven full, 12 Ks, a couple hits, one earned run. Dodgers 7, D-Bags 2, Athletics 2, Mariners 1. That game just went final. Rockies got a home run from Charlie Blackman, his sixth of the year. And it was enough. Bryce Harper had his seventh home run of the season, but the Nationals fall at home 6-5 to five to the Colorado Rockies. Gentlemen, back to you. Crosby's my man. Is he? Um, he like he's, he's my favorite hockey player. Is he the only one you can name, though? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> but still, look, I, I do know he's dominant. <laughs> I was going to say, man, because you've been all over the place in terms of work, so I don't know if you'd have any kind of hockey affiliation, but I know you got Major League Baseball, and, of course, you got the NFL, college football. So Yeah, no, nah, hockey, uh, I'm not very strong on my hockey. Dude, it's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm not judging it. I, I, the, the best thing, I look, uh, hockey fans will kill me. The b- thing I like best about hockey are the fights. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, nah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know? That's a lot of hockey fans, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, David. Great job. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. That's 800-947-AU. T.O., the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And as Gascon just said, Oklahoma City has really come back after getting down 16-4 to early. They're up by six at the half over Utah. I picked them in, I believe, six games in this series. I definitely picked them to beat Utah. How I have them, though, bowing out to the Rockets in seven in the next round. How far do you think this team could go? Running into the Rockets is a problem. Okay. Um, I, I don't think anybody can really guard James Harden. And once he get downhill and start putting pressure on that defense and then all those shooters start opening up, it, it can be a three-point problem. Um, I think the defense of Oklahoma City's is going to be a problem as they get deeper and deeper into the playoffs because of older legs. Yep. And, and, and you know, you're going to get the big three scoring the basketball. Paul George is having a big one now. But I think the defensive side of the ball is going to hurt them later on in rounds. Look, on the other side, they got five assists on 20 made baskets in the first half. <laughs> is that a problem? Iso ball. <laughs> right? <laughs> the ball's not moving. No, And, and that no. can be a problem because guys lose their rhythm. Yep, yep. Now, we've been talking about Paul George like he's out of OKC and he's definitely going to try to come to the Lakers. Um if you're in Paul George's shoes, is there any reason for you like we could we be wrong? Could you know, could you see yourself being in that situation saying I'm going to stay in Oklahoma City? Well, you he really has to take his time and really weigh out the pros and cons. This is not going to be a decision that is going to happen overnight unless he is just dead set on coming home. Period. And then at that point, you have to pick which team you're going to come to. You know, I think if he's interested in winning a championship, he has to weigh out everything. 
He has to look at every situation. What's going to be better for me as a basketball player to win a championship? If it's location, um, saving some money, uh, all of these things come into play when it comes to choosing a team while making this money and making it right for your family. You know, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, no state tax situation. Orlando, yeah. Miami, no state tax situation. Um, they're, they're, he'll be able to keep most of his money. So it's it's a decision that, that has to be made not only from a business side or basketball playing side, but also from a family plan, uh, family side. You know, it's it's interesting, too. I do think there are – and I, I think George is a legitimately great player who, yes. who's going to be good, really good anywhere. But there are a lot of players who need to stay – like they feel like the grass is always greener. Right. And I can point out a number of situations where guys left – either left as free agents or forced to trade. And it wasn't – you did you do that? You forced to trade? <laughs> Washington. I should have never left Washington. The grass was never greener on the other side. Because <laughs> <laughs> you put up pretty good numbers in Washington. I, I was playing well in Washington. We're in a situation where we had six coaches in four years, and my role changed with each and every coach. So <laughs> it got very frustrating from a player point of view, trying to be consistent with my role. And and by the by that sixth coach, I was like, okay, this is there's nothing about this ship that's stirring in the right direction. Put me somewhere where it's a little bit more solid ground. And I I didn't find solid ground after that. You went, where'd you go after from Washington? I went from Denver. I went went from there to Denver. I was in Denver for like a hot second. They sent me back to Toronto for a year and a half. Uh, I got an arthroscopic hip surgery that summer. Toronto sent me to the Lakers. Lakers, uh, I was done there as a free agent, and then yeah. I finished up my career, uh, pro career in, in Portland. Yeah, career. look, I, I think players really need – now, your situation, six coaches in four years, right. that's certainly understandable. But I'm thinking of Dwight Howard. Yes. You can't tell me he doesn't wish he had stayed in Orlando. He should have. Oh, my. I mean, his He's career – franchise has, guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it has been downhill ever since. Lakers, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, you know – it's been terrible. What was the problem with Orlando? They had just went to the Eastern Conference Finals yes. with him. Yes. I, I didn't get what his movement was. It would look. I think that a lot of guys looked at LeBron James, his move to Miami. I think a lot of players started. They looked at that, and they just started looking at greener pastures elsewhere. I can Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Now it wasn't a disaster in New York, but. It certainly, I think it did help him in terms of his business, businesses off the court and all that stuff. But basketball-wise, he was making the playoffs at least every year in Denver. And as you said, they had gone to the conference finals a right. couple years before he, he won it out. Right. And, I, I, and I'm not sure what the, the relationship was with the management there. In Denver? Yes. I, I'm not too sure about that because that can make you move as well. Um, but I thought Denver was was a great place for Carmelo. It's a it, you know now he might have wanted a bigger market. Yeah, I, he wanted. Look, he was always an All Pro, mm-hmm. All Star. I think when we look back at Melo's career, don't you, the Denver years? We'll probably look at those as his best years. Yes, you know New York. I mean, they made they missed the playoffs. I think his last four years, but he's won. Um, uh, Chris Paul. It, forced his way to the Clippers or out of New Orleans, 
that didn't work out badly for him, I guess, mm-hmm. but it didn't bring him what he thought it would, you know. Right. So I just think players have to be careful. And Paul George, I mean, demanded the trade from or at least told Indiana he wanted out. Indiana's better without him. I hate to say it, you know, but they're better without him. Now, unless they can make a great playoff run in OKC, this will look like a trade that, you know, uh, Indiana won going away. You know, that they were they were in the good – they were good to get rid of Paul George and, and get Oladipo. So, I just think players – you got to be careful, man. You got to yeah, be yeah. careful. It's definitely not greener on the other side. When you're in the rotation or you're a star player and things are working out for you and you have a chance – of playing there for the rest of your career, stay put, man. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's about after basketball. Yep. When yep. when when the doors close of the NBA, what type of connections did you make in that city that that you can continue the rest of your life with? Basketball is such a short career that when you get out, you 37, 38, if you're fortunate yeah, enough to last right. that long, it could be 30. Yep. What relationships do you have in that city business-wise or in the community that that you can continue to nurture? You know, I mean, you can continue to 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 water that flower and let it grow. Um it's about life after basketball. Yep, yep, no doubt. Well, coming up, it's the most popular radio game show in the United States. That's right, I said it. Sources say is next. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, I do return and got an update too. Utah is trying to get back in this thing, but Paul George hit another three. So Thunder in control right now, up by six. But gentlemen, we got plenty of things to discuss in the world of sports. And on this show, we don't always get a chance to cover everything, unfortunately. But I'll say this much. I'm going to have a couple articles, things that will be true. You're going to hear a certain sound, and it'll be this. Oh. And if my sources are false, you'll hear this. Sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, we'll start things off, and Mr. Broussard will lead with you. Olympic skier Lindsey Vaughn has signed on to be a brand ambassador for one Coors Light. Are my sources true or false? True. Tracy? False. One of you is correct. The answer is... <laughs> Sit on a throne. Oh. Nice job, Tracy. You're on the board. One to nothing. <laughs> Gentlemen, story number two. The Las Vegas Lights of the United Soccer League signed a deal to become the first professional U.S. sports team to partner with a marijuana dispensary. Tracy, we'll start with you here. Are my sources true or false? False. Yeah, I'm going to have to say false on that one. Gentlemen... Oh, oh man. Right. right there. Chris, let's go back to you on this one. In a revealing interview with GQ Magazine, The Beard, James Harden said that he refuses to eat around people he does not know. Chris, true or false? Are my sources good? I'm going to say true. Tracy? I'm going to say true on that one as well. Gentlemen. Oh. You go 0 for 2, and now you are 1 for 1 there. So, nicely job there. So, true on that one. Score is 2-1. Tracy's out in front, my sources say. Jordan Crawford, the New Orleans Pelicans, is currently in talks with the big baller brand to become their first non-Lonzo Ball 
NBA client. Tracy, are my sources true or false? True. True. Gentlemen. I know that one. Oh, come on. Look at Chris pimp that answer. All right, let's go back to Broussard real quick. Chandler Parsons and his group of friends were escorted from the grounds at Coachella this weekend after a woman he was with was caught arrested for fighting. Are my sources true or false? Um, I'm going to say false. I am too. Gentlemen. Sit on a throne. Oh. <laughs> See, I like this uh, move. Tracy just trying to keep I that love lead. it. Tracy no, sandbagging no, right now. I'm with Chandler Parsons. I, I haven't heard too much trouble out of him. So. <laughs> Man. Well, right now, as it stands on my sources say, Tracy is good for four of them so far, and Chris right behind him with three. So... We'll see if Tracy plays this thing conservative or not. Last question, <laughs> but we will leave with Tracy on this one. Two women are being investigated by the FBI for allegedly trying to extort Oscar De La Hoya out of a whopping $2 million centered around a, guess what, a sex tape. Mm. Gentlemen, are my sources true or false? Tracy, what do you got? I'm going to say True. <laughs> I know that one too. True. Oh, come on. <laughs> My sources are. Oh. Nicely done. Nicely done. Tracy, you win this thing by one. You win. I, I, I want a rematch. <laughs> Next time Tracy's in, I want a rematch. For sure. That's a job For well sure. done, though. Nicely done, Tracy. Thank you. <laughs> Tracy, we, we've been talking a little bit about the Thunder, Paul George, and we just got a, about a minute left before break, but. What does Russell Westbrook have to do to win a championship? Because I, I, I don't think he's going to win one the way he plays, even though I think he's great. I, I think it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice from him. You know, even though he's hungry and, and he's motivated and he has a high motor and, and if no one wants to get it, I'm going to get it. But he's going to have to trust the people that he convinced to come play with him uh, and, and allow them to do something, you know, uh, there's a couple – I mean, you have Steven Adams, who's a, a yeah. good player, a good big. Uh, and then you have the, you know, George and, 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 and Mello. Those are two good players. Yep. Um, and and he's the man. So there's a couple of role players that, that he's going to have to bring up to that status for them to win a championship. And he's going to have to trust them. I do give him credit for – you know, at the beginning of this season – he was really deferring. Yes, he you know, was. Yeah, he wasn't shooting a lot. He was going out of his way to get it to George and Mello. And then it was when they told him and the, the team told him, look, just be yourself. Right. That's kind of when they started playing well. I mean, I, w I won't say they took off because mm -hmm. they really probably haven't reached their potential. But they did start playing better. Um, but, yeah, he's probably – he strikes me like like the Allen Iverson model. Mm -hmm. Remember the one year they went to the finals, they just put a bunch of grinders around him, some yep. shooters, spot-up shooters, rebounders, guys that were content to do all the dirty work mm -hmm. and let him do his thing. Mm -hmm. That's probably what you need. But I don't know if in this day and age if that can get it done. You got super teams. No, no, it won't get it done. Um, I, I think it has to be a natural – uh, a way of, of sacrificing. You can't take his aggression away, but it just has to be a natural thing for him. And, and uh, we'll, we'll see if that if he figures that out as he moves forward in his career. Yeah, he might have to lose some athleticism 
<laughs> for that <laughs> for that to happen, right? But um, yeah, so they they are up on the Jazz, sixty two fifty five, seven and a half minutes left in the third. I do like them in this series. You like them in this series? Oh yeah, I, I have them in you this definitely series. Got them. Yeah, okay. It might even be four one. Wow, that'd be impressive. That'd be impressive. I mean, the Jazz have. I I voted Quinn Snyder my coach of the year. No, he's done an excellent job with Utah and you know and Mitchell. I mean, that's why he's up there for the for the uh, rookie of the year. I mean, they've they've done an excellent job. Well, speaking of non excellent jobs, it's gone from bad to worse for LeBron and the Cavs. We'll explain. What's happening? It's the Odd Couple. Chris Broussard and Tracy Murray filling in for Rob Parker. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And Tracy, LeBron James, always a topic of conversation, but now for a little bit of a different reason, like, People have been talking about him leaving Cleveland, but nobody thought it might be as soon as it may end up being, which is <laughs> within the next few weeks if they keep this up. They got blown out, the Cavaliers did, by the Indiana Pacers. I know it's only game one, and I know history really doesn't always come to bear uh, on a series like this, but let's bring up a little bit of history. It had been since 2012. That was the last time that LeBron James lost a first-round game. Hmm. Game. And then for the Cavaliers franchise, now obviously all that doesn't include LeBron James, but in their first-round playoff history, when they win the first game, they're 10-0. When they lose the first game, they're 0-10. So, again, you got the best player on the planet. I fully expect them to come back and win this series over the Pacers. Uh Although, let me throw this out. The Pacers were 3-1 and one in the regular season against him. Now, obviously, they've won four out of five this year against the Cavaliers. Do you think they are in trouble and will lose this series? Yes, I think they're in trouble. Um, this is the game at home. Yeah. Your role players play better at home. Your stars carry you on the road. So... When they go to Indiana, they are in deep trouble because the, their role players are going to play mm. in that building. What are the role players for Cleveland going to do? Are they going to fold up a tent and just go home? Or are they going to step up and say, we need to steal a game here and go steal one? LeBron is the only chief on that team that's going to show up. So on a consistent basis. You, so who else is going to step up and say, LeBron, I got your back? Yeah, they they only had three guys in double figures. LeBron had 24, Larry Nance Jr. 10, and J.R. Smith had 15. Kevin Love, who I like, I've defended Kevin Love against a lot of haters. He only gave him nine points. So he has 17 rebounds, but nine points. He's got a – he's that second guy now. Like Ky- Kyrie is gone. Is Love is the second guy. And he's played well all year as that second option, but he's going to have to deliver more than nine points. Now, they only got him eight shots, too. That's a problem, too. Yeah, that is a problem. You got to get him more than just jump shots, too. You got to get him on the inside. People complain about his numbers and, oh, it wasn't like it was in Minnesota, blah, 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 blah. Get him the ball on the block. 
and watch him deliver. Yep. And he will deliver. Then mix it up and get him a few threes. Now you'll see him over 20 points, and he will continue to get those rebounds because that's what he does. See, that's what I think. I think I don't like Cleveland's philosophy as a team. Mm -hmm. You know, they take more three-pointers per game than Golden State. And they don't have the Golden State no, personnel. Oh no. And, and that's what I don't like is that you're gonna ultimately you're gonna try to outshoot Golden State from three, and it's not gonna work. The one game they won last year in the finals was an aberration, once in a lifetime type shooting performance. But in general, they're not going to be able to outshoot a Golden State and probably even a Houston. And so I, I think that. They were at their best in 2015 when they got to the finals. 2016, they actually won the finals over Golden State. I thought they were more of a physical team. They were tougher. They, defense was their calling card. Yes. Whereas now, since then, it had become, I think they became a soft team mm -hmm. that just likes to jack up a lot of threes. Right. And they're definitely, there's no physical presence on the defensive end at all. Um, that's all they do is shoot up, shoot threes. There's no offensive balance. Yep. Um, it, you can't win that way. You got to have offensive balance. You got to be able to shut down the paint and be able to recover out to shooters defensively. You got to rebound the ball and get in transition and get easy buckets. If, if it's a grind and all you do is shoot three-point shots on offense, you're not going to win. Well, look, give us a call. Tell us your thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Are they done? Are they in trouble? Are they about to lose this first-round series to the Indiana Pacers? You can hit us at one eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. That's eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Uh, Tracy, I, I want to ask you, if the Cavaliers go down, mm -hmm. does that – what type of reflection is that on LeBron James if they go down in the first round? You can't put, even though he's the baddest man on the planet, you still need some other pieces to do what they're supposed to do for him to continue to deliver. If the other pieces aren't doing their jobs, there's no one man that can beat a team. So... People, he's gonna, he's got a lot of haters too, and people are gonna say what they're gonna say, but it's not on one person. I mean, what's he gonna do? Go out and score fifty points a game and still lose? Everybody <laughs> else still have to do their part. So he's still the baddest man on the planet, even if they go out in the first round. He's not maybe second or third if they. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just throwing it out there. Man, if there's if I'm starting a team and you got everybody in the league right now, I'm starting my team with LeBron James. All right, all right, I hear you. I, I've said this, and he, look, he's. I think he still is the best player in the world. Mm -hmm. Had a tremendous season. A lot of people thought it was his best year ever. I didn't think so. Um, I actually ranked his seasons uh, for my podcast. I had this as his fifth best year just because of the defensive end. Right. Like he he was, you know, back in his prime. Well, I don't want to say prime because I think he's still in his prime, I guess. But early on in Cleveland when they won 66 games, 61 games, and then throughout his tenure in Miami, he could not only dominate offensively but defensively. Mm -hmm. He would pour it on defensively and could impact the game, you know, with swarming defense. He can't do that now, and that's why I think there's a difference. And I think if they lose this series, again, I'm not going to say it doesn't mean he's the best player in the world, 
But I think it just kind of proves my point that he's not quite still great, but not quite what he was maybe a couple of years ago. I think that's that's part of the reason why I wonder why they got rid of Jay Crowder. Because Jay Crowder is a great defender. Why did you let him get away? I mean, LeBron could have taken some plays off and not guarded the tough guy, the best guy on the other team, if Jay Crowder was still there. So that that's that trade still baffles me because that was a piece that could have helped him. Well, Crowder, he wasn't that happy there. And I agree. I thought I actually thought they won the trade initially, mm-hmm. the Kyrie trade, right. largely because of Crowder. Right. Because I like you, I was like, okay, that's that's gonna bring back their toughness and all that defensively, and he can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, obviously that wasn't the case. Let's go to Justin in Montana. He's got something to say about the Cavaliers. What's up, Justin? Hey, Chris. How's it going, man? Big fan. Thanks, man. How you doing? Hey, good. Um, I just want to say, man, um, if the Cavaliers don't pick it up on defense, then that's going to be their downfall because that's how it's been all year. I have never seen LeBron James just sit there in the paint during the regular season when people were just driving. I've never seen him stand down like that and not play defense. So you you think they're going to lose this series? I don't. I don't. I do not think they're going to lose. I think LeBron's obviously the best player in the planet. And, uh, no, I don't see them losing. I see them going to the finals. But what a terrible start, honestly. Yeah. I just it – was, it was bad. Nah, he's not the defender um, that he used to be. I think he can try to do it in moments, but that's to be expected. You know, right. his 15th year – and right. uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Justin. Uh, let's go to Rodney in Youngstown, Ohio. You got somebody to blame. I got Tyrone Lou to blame. I mean, his adjustments that he makes all the time is just to say, play faster. Just like you just got done saying, they're not going to be able to beat this team or any other team shooting all those threes. You know, they play without they play without their coach, and they did pretty well. And I don't know if, it, if that was because of the offense. I mean, the uh, the assistant coach or LeBron James not having to deal with Tyron Lue and able to run the offense the way he wants to run the offense, and that's not shoot all those threes. I've been a defender of Ty Lue. Obviously, he won a championship his first year, but I I can't disagree that much with what what the caller just said. This is my thing, and. and you said it, Tracy. LeBron, no matter how good he is, he needs help. Right. But these guys aren't, you know, chopped liver. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a, a perennial all-star in Kevin Love, who, who granted right. didn't, didn't play that well today, but you have him. Rodney Hood, Larry Nance, Clark, Jordan Clarkson, Jeff Green. There's some pretty good role players. I mean, I didn't mention J.R. Smith, George Hill. Tristan I actually Thompson. think Tristan, yeah. I, I think – if I was them, Tristan only played what two minutes, and and and, and if I was well, he's a little they, distracted, <laughs> right? <laughs> we won't get into all that, but well, apparently, hey, look, they're better for whatever reason, and I think you know this obviously as a former player, just chemistry. They're better when Jordan Clarkson starts. Yeah, well, why is that? Because he can go right away. I, I think most people who are scorers. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Not Jordan Clarkson, uh, Jose Calderon. Calderon, because he's a glue guy. He's a glue guy, a guy that can stretch the floor. He's he has a high basketball IQ. He can knock down a shot. He can create plays for for other people, including LeBron. 
Um, he's a guy that's going to sacrifice himself for the sake of the team. So when you have that type of guy that makes it easier on everybody else to do their job, it, it makes for better chemistry. See, I would go back. If I'm Lou, I'm starting Clarkson. And you know him because you were with the Lakers as an assistant coach. I would start Larry Nance Jr. instead of Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry, you know, I think he can score around the bucket, but he's athletic. He can protect the rim to some degree. Yes. I agree, and he's another glue guy that doesn't care about scoring very much. Even though you know you can find him on a couple of areas where he can he can score, he'll get to his spots. You find him, he'll score the basketball. But defensively, he's going to hedge out hard on pick and rolls. He's going to protect the protector. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to have each other's back uh, uh, when somebody gets beat. He's going to be there. And you need glue guys. You need a couple of glue guys that's going to be on the page defensively. Yeah. And and you're talking about. Uh, uh, Larry Nance and Calderon, those are both glue guys. And Calderon may not be the best defender, but he understands the defensive tactic to where he will be on the string defensively. Yep. And and, and, and there won't be someone missing a rotation. And see, you're changing your identity from less – we focus on defense now versus putting an offensive right. team of shooters out and, there. And even Tristan's a better defender. Yeah. You know, he's got to get out there and get his mind right and just come back and defend and rebound. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we're going to take some of your calls. You can hit us up again at 877-99 on Fox. We'll get It's the odd couple, Chris Broussard and Tracy Murray in for Rob Parker. And we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. We're going to take some calls in this segment. We got Eric from Indiana. Oh, he's all hyped. He wants to call up and brag about his team. Eric, go ahead, man. The floor is yours. Hey, how you guys doing? What's happening? Thank you. Hey, I think uh, it's the the defense. I mean, we, we just had lockdown defense all evening. You know what? I'm going to give you credit for that. You're right. I mean, the defense of the Pacers was spectacular. They were in the Cavaliers' face. I mean, yeah, the Cavs, of course, got some open looks, but a lot of their shots were contested. I think they bothered the Cavaliers' schemes because they were so aggressive. You're right. And, look, Victor Oladipo and, and, is a tremendous defender. Yeah, and I, I don't want to cut in and interrupt you, but you were talking about – uh. PG earlier. Yeah. What's your take on that? One of, I was I was one of the Indiana fans who was like, "Yes, let's get rid of him." And then as soon as we got Oladipo and Bogey Bogdanovich, oh yeah, I mean, we're looking good. You're excited. You're still going out in the first round, but uh, good, good. Enjoy this one. <laughs> Let's go to Michael in Columbus, Ohio. You want to put the blame on somebody in Cleveland. Who is it? All right, so I definitely think, like, Tyron Lue needs to be looked at. Like, we're going to be all right in this series because I think a lot of people forget, like, our new people, uh, our new, like, Carson and Nance, like, they don't have a lot of playoff experience. I think Hill probably has the most. Yeah, Hill's got a lot. All, yeah, out of all the new people we got. But, like, coaching, I would think, would help offset, like, some of that experience. And we have no coaching, it looks like, from Tyron Lue. And the other thing, too, I think we kind of forgot, like, 
defense helped us win that championship against like Golden State. Yeah, scoring help, but like it was our defense that last game that that won it. So is that on like LeBron or is that on Tyron? Now, look, again, I've said it's hard at this point to defend Ty Lue. And, and Tracy, help me out here. My feeling is this when it comes to the NBA. If you have the athleticism as an individual player, if you mm-hmm. have the athleticism and the strength mm-hmm. to to guard, you know, to be a good defender, then you can be a good defender. It's one thing if I'm just too slow or I'm not strong enough. But if you have those qualities, then from that point on, you, sh- I guess intelligence, some degree of intelligence you have to have. What do you think is the pro- – because Ty Lue was a defensive assistant coach with Doc Rivers, so I would assume he's got good schemes and stuff. What do you think is the problem in yeah, Cleveland? It's definitely about tactics. It's also about those who can defend like you just talked about that have the athleticism, the wingspan, the strength, and all of that. They have to have the mindset that I'm going to shut this guy down or – if there's a defensive scheme where there's a lot of rotating and closing out and recovering, you got to do those things. Yeah. You got to have your mindset that I am not going to screw up defensively and we're going to block out and get this rebound and then we're going to get in transition. If you don't have good defensive tactics, then you can blame the coach. If you don't have guys individually that are pulling their weight defensively and they're capable of scoring, that's just lack of pride. And they have to step up and say, I'm going to pick my defensive game up because I am equipped to do that, and I'm going to stop somebody. It's a mindset. And if they don't have the mindset, then that's a thing, too, that you have to evaluate at the end of the season. Well, look, let me let me give a message to the Jordan Clarksons and J.R. Smiths and um, all the other Cavaliers of the world. If you lose this series – LeBron ain't getting blamed, <laughs> right? I mean, assuming he plays to his normal level, you getting blamed. So that should be able to kick in your pride where it's like, you know, you still young players. Jordan Clarkson, look, I think he's a very talented offensive player. Right. But he is still in that stage of his career where he needs to impress people. Yes. And this can define – like there would be nothing better for Jordan Clarkson than to contribute – to a deep playoff run. Right. You know, because, you know, like, when you put up numbers or you're a nice six-man on a a bad team, people don't look at that the same way as they do if you do it for, whether it's championship or not, but a good playoff run. So that's how these guys have to look at it. Yes, exactly. And, and, And Clarkson is capable of guarding people. He's extremely quick. He's athletic. Uh, He's been in the weight room. He's gotten stronger over the last few years. He's long. Yep. So at for a point guard, he's long. So he is capable of playing lockdown defense. Um, J.R. Smith is capable. I mean, here's a guy that used to put the ball between his legs and dunk the basketball. Oh, yeah. He was very athletic. He is capable of locking people down. Tristan Thompson's a great defender. He can switch off and keep point guards in front of him. He is capable. Larry Nance is capable. These guys are all Rodney they Hood. Be a pretty Rodney good Hood is team. a capable defender. Yeah. These guys, I don't see the problem. What I, I think is just a lack of pride. All right. So how even that? You're right. That's on the players, but in the NBA, how much of that can be blamed on the coach? If I can't get you to have that pride or that be motivated to defend, 
well, shoot, you playing with LeBron James, you have a chance of winning the championship. That what what motivation other than that? I mean, honestly, let's see what the adjustments are going to be made from game one to game two. Then think back to if it's Coach Lou or not, you know, because they have to make some type of changes and adjustments because they got beat by 18. Yeah. (laughs) And it was 18 pretty much the whole way. Right. So if you're going to win, you got to make some defensive adjustments. What are those going to be? Like I said, if if I'm Ty Lou. Then I'm starting uh, Jose Calderon, and I'm starting Larry Nance. With Hood at the two, even though he didn't play that well, but I still start him. And then LeBron and Kevin Love. You can go with that. You can definitely go with that. Um, uh, Tristan Thompson is going to have to get his mind right and be ready to play, man, because uh, defensively, he rebounding-wise, he really helps his team when he's locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tristan's t- – how – how? Is he done playing because he got his contract? Well, he got that after the championship, right? Right, but some people shut it down. Yeah, well, that's, it's interesting you bring that up because I have my theory covering the NBA for 22 years. My theory has been there are guys that love the game. Mm-hmm. There are guys that like the game. Right. But they love what it brings. Right. Maybe even you know better than me. Maybe there's even guys that really don't like the game that much. Right. But there's a lot of guys that are forced because their families need to eat. You know. So there are guys life. that don't like oh, in the course. NBA that don't love like like the game. They like the lifestyle, but they don't really like the game. Otherwise, why would they be the last one to the gym? Mm. You know, when it comes to practices or, or 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 you know, last one to the bus. They don't. I've heard teammates throughout the years. Man, I don't feel like playing today. Well, shoot, that's that's what you're here for, right? <laughs> this is this is our job. We're playing a game for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should never hear that from people that's supposed to love what they're doing. See, I've always, from the somewhat the outside looking in, I have felt like I could look at a player uh if like when you got your contract, mm-hmm. if you didn't if you just either didn't improve or you actually declined, that was typically a guy that didn't love the game, right. in my opinion. Because right. a lot of guys you see have a great contract year, mm-hmm. and then they get the money, They're and done. then they just go down. Right. And that's when, you know, that was my feeling of, you know, that's a guy that doesn't love the game. Mm-hmm. Look, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard look like they'll be on the move this summer. Where will they end up? We have the answer for you next, but first, let's go to Steve DeSager with what's trending. Good evening, gentlemen. In this NBA playoff game at Oklahoma City, about seven minutes left. OKC leading Utah 96-83 for the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell, 23 points, 10 rebounds. He left to the locker room briefly. He's back in the game now after an apparent sore foot, but he looks okay. He just scored. It's 96-85. Jazz down by 11. He is on the court. As for the Thunder, Paul George with 36 points from three-point range. He's 8 for 11 tonight. Coming up next hour is Houston hosting Minnesota. Already Indiana with a Game 1 win at Cleveland 98-80. LeBron James a triple-double in the loss, but Victor Oladipo 32 points. Pacers led by 21 late in the first quarter at Boston. Overtime and the Celtics beat Milwaukee 113-107. In a close game, the Celtics on free throws were 24 for 27. Kawhi Leonard of the Spurs is expected to miss the postseason according to Yahoo due to his quad injury. He's missed the past three months. Joel Embiid of the 76ers will miss Philadelphia 
Philadelphia's game two tomorrow, although he is out of concussion protocol. He had facial surgery last month. In the NHL playoffs, Pittsburgh is up two games to one after a win 5-1 at Philadelphia. And as for Hockey playoff games in progress. It's mid-second period at Minnesota. The Wild 3-2 over the Jets. End of the first period. The Caps at home lead Columbus 2-1. Later tonight, it's the LA Kings hosting Vegas. To Major League Baseball, the pitching matchup at Houston is Justin Verlander against Bartolo Colon of Texas. They're mowing him down early, scoreless in the bottom of the second. Guys, plenty of postponements more in baseball today. In fact, in five different cities including the Angels game at Kansas City, which was going to be on FS1. Postponed due to bad weather. It'll be made up in late June. Shohei Otani was due to pitch for the Halos today. Instead, now he'll pitch on Tuesday night at home against Boston. Back to you. Man, I was looking forward to seeing Shohei. (laughs) I taped it. Got nothing but tape programming. No actual game today. All right, now, Tracy, you a big baseball fan? I was when I was a kid, but I do know about Shohei. So what do you think's going to – I mean, look, it's early – I can't imagine him hitting 350 or even 330 and, you know, pitching at a Cy Young level as he's doing now. But if he plays well, like he's a legitimate all-star, what do you think the ramifications of this will be, a two-way player like this? I don't know. This is the first time we've seen this. And, uh, you know, a pitcher at a Cy Young level, and when he's not pitching – Oh, by the way, I'm a designated yeah, hitter. Yeah, right. In like, homers and for <laughs> yeah. average. Well, he's got 11 RBIs and three home runs already. I mean, this kid is cracking that baseball. And and then you, you get him on the mound, he's throwing the yeah. heat. It's yeah. unbelievable. I oh. hope, I mean, I, I, I would love nothing more for baseball than him to be able to keep this up. Me too. Um, And I actually think what I think the ramifications would be is that you would begin to see – more guys at least trying it the two-way. Right. Because think about it. I mean, I know it's a much different level, but in high school, you have it. Right. Some of the best pitchers are hitting 600 or whatever in high school and and, and vice versa. Guys can throw 90 and, and hit the ball. Um, I've always wondered why not – why don't more people try it? I mean, I, I've, I've always assumed you just have to focus so much on hitting that you can't, you know, do it on pitching or vice versa, but – this guy, man, he could be a serious game changer because you got he some can. great athletes out there mm-hmm. that you would think could do both. Well, you know what? It takes one person to succeed at it. I mean, base- basketball is not only a, a copycat league; all sports are yeah. copycat. Good point. So if you see one guy succeed at it, you're going to see other people come behind him and ev- eventually start doing what he's doing. Well, look, we're going to move to the hardwood where we were before, and uh, we were talking about Kawhi Leonard. He's not at the Spurs playoff games. Looks like he could be on the move. Paul George, obviously, a lot of people think he's leaving OKC, although they look good right now against Utah, up uh, 13 with four and a half minutes left in the game. Um, Where do you think the best places for both of those guys is if they're on the move? (laughs) If he was to take two of them? Well, Um, you don't get them together, but, I mean, like, Kawhi, what's the best landing spot well, for him? Kawhi, definitely Boston. You know, okay. you know, I, I see it as much as I hate saying it being a Laker. <laughs> um, Boston, they can be very versatile. Oh, they be you know, they, they they can they can have all kind of different lineups. Uh, Paul George, that one's a little bit more difficult because you know it's going to depend on where LeBron James lands. So unless they both package up and go to L.A. 
So, I said earlier, if I'm the Lakers, now I, I, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I said earlier, if I'm the Lakers, if I'm if I'm gonna get Paul George and that's gonna bring me LeBron, I'm I'm maxing him out. Right. But if it's just Paul George by himself and LeBron's going elsewhere or whatever, I. I don't know that I maxi man. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on that? Because I'm just thinking you got young players that could eventually be as good as him or close. Right. I don't know if they'll be as good as him, but I do know that there are key pieces that's going to have to be signed in a couple of years. Yep. And you have to take that in consideration when you're divvying out these max contracts. So I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know where I stand with that because you're gonna in a couple of years you're gonna have to sign Kuzma, resign Kuzma. You're gonna have to resign Julius this year. Um, uh, Brandon Ingram's gonna be up in, in a couple of years. Lonzo's what are you going? Gonna yeah, be, Lonzo. Well, what are you gonna let, do with these four guys? How are you gonna keep them? I think the key is the question is how good do you think that core is? Is that a core that can contend for a championship or? even be a second round by itself can those four blossom into a deep playoff team if that's the case i think you you may not bring him back but if not if that's i don't know how good is that core that's really the question yeah that is the question and only those in the locker room on the practice court and in that office over there understand and knows what the true potential of those guys are and how hard they are working every day well i i i you were a shooting coach with them last year Right? Two years ago. Two years ago. You didn't see all of them, but are you surprised at like the development of Julius Randle this year? Or Brandon Ingram's still a work in progress, but you know. Well, well, I, I'm not going to say I was surprised at, at what Julius did this year. I'm going to say that I talked to him this past summer and told him, hey, Lonzo's coming. You got to get in, in great shape. Pick it up. And, and he came in great shape, and what's the end result? Yeah. He had his best year as a pro. So I, I don't look at it as a surprise. I look at it as he knew what he had to do with it being his free agent year to get in a nice position to make some money. He balled. So look, we got uh, Ken from San Antonio. Ken, what's happening? Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. I've been enjoying a lot of your recent work. Thank you. I must say, back in the day, it seemed – you, you seem similar to Jalen Rose back in the day. You seemed like you were anti-Spur and pro-LA. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, for real, it seems like you're mellowing like fine wine. And, and <laughs> I really enjoyed tuning into your program most recently. Thank you. So you, not you're anti- not a Kawhi. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you want to talk I'm Kawhi. I'm not anti-Kawhi. You know, of course I'm not because I, I live here in San Antonio. I'm a long, pretty much lifetime Spur fan. But I'm just curious, just simply. Simple curiosity, why don't the Spurs pull the plug on Kawhi's salary? I'll listen in. Thanks, guys. Well, that's a good question. Obviously, look, Kawhi's under contract for obviously this year and next year. Right. But they can offer him this summer five years, 219, that Supermax Extension, right. Um, I got to be honest, as much as I love Kawhi, and if I'm the Spurs, I'm sitting down with him, I'm talking to him, I'm trying to get him to – you know, trying to get on the same page again so we can keep him. But I would be very hesitant if I'm the Spurs to offer him that Supermax deal. Right now, like coming off a year where you sat out the entire year essentially and our doctor said you could play. Where where do you stand on that? Well, at some point, and, and I don't I can't tell anybody what their level of pain is. Yeah. I, I know my pain tolerance is high. I can't say what other people's pain tolerance is. But 
in the NBA, you have to play through pain. You have to sometimes play through injuries. Um, a super max guy has got to be there every night mm. delivering at a high level on both ends of the court if you're Kawhi Leonard, yeah. if, if the Spurs are going to be successful. So if you're going to invest a super max deal in the guy, you got to talk to him and you got to be reassured that he's going to be there every night, that he is going to reinvest his brain and his, his, his heart and his desire to this Spurs organization. See, that's that's what would scare me. And and I know Kawhi, I've been told, just his whole career, he's been a guy that hasn't liked to play through pain or, you know, nagging injuries. Like he wants to be 110 percent when he not goes possible. out on the floor. That's not possible. After after you play a certain amount of years, you're never gonna be hundred percent. You're gonna you're just gonna be as close to hundred percent as possible. Strap it up and go. So that's that's what has to be going through their mind in San Antonio. And uh, so it, it, they got some serious decisions to make. Let's go to Mike in New Orleans. Who You want to talk Cavaliers and put the blame on somebody. <laughs> Mike, you there? Mike from New Orleans? Oh, he, you had your chance, man. <laughs> he, he wanted to blame LeBron. That was on the screen. Um, does LeBron – I mean, look. A LeBron James, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. How much blame does he shoulder for today? We're going to get to that, and we'll take some more of your calls at nine at 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-99 on Fox. You got the odd couple coming back. You know, I was I was just watching – that show, L, that movie LL was in with uh, Gabrielle Union, blaming on Eva, was it? <laughs> it was on another night, man. And I ain't had nothing better to do, so I was watching. It was actually a good movie. It was a good movie. Well, LL is definitely one of the best of all time when you're talking about hip-hop artists. That's oh, sure. yeah. He definitely uh, is in that conversation. He had an era. That's yep. how I judge the best rappers. Yep. Did you have an era? Yep. And he had an era, so he has to be up in there. Speaking of... Uh, Eras, you are on with the best of the odd couple. We got my man Tracy Murray filling in for Rob Parker. I'm Chris Broussard, and we are brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, Tracy, we were talking earlier. Um, we had taken some calls on who's to blame for this Cavaliers disaster today. And Ryan from Cleveland has an answer for us. Who you got, Ryan? Hey, Chris. First time caller, long time listener here. Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, what else can you ask for from LeBron James? I mean, triple-double. He was getting his teammates involved very early. I mean, I just, I think the teammates, I don't know about the coach. You talked before about we'll see about adjustments. But what else can you ask for from LeBron James? Nah, I'm with him, Tracy. You know, we talked earlier. I think LeBron was purposely trying to get his teammates involved. Yes. So many of these guys, it's their first playoff experience. You know, first play, playoff experience together, even for those guys who have been in the postseason before. So I think he tried to do that. And next thing you know, they were in a huge hole because guys weren't hitting shots. Right. He tried to break the ice and, 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 and initiate them by getting them involved early and, 
you know, letting them know that we're going to play the same way, but guys weren't, they weren't responding the same way. So now you're down a lot of points. Now it's time. I, I got to try to play catch up by myself until these guys, you know, get the, get the butterflies out. We feel that way, but Jeff in Wichita, Kansas does not. <laughs> Jeff, what you got? What's up, guys? How you doing? What's happening? Good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, just I watched the game, and uh, one thing I noticed—it's just my take. I'm, I'm not for or against LeBron. I think he's a great player, probably one of the best he's ever seen. But um, here's the issue I have with what you guys just said. He tried to get his team involved, which I think is great. He's the floor general. He's supposed to do that. But when you notice and you see your teammates are not knocking down shots, you see threes aren't falling like they should be. What's your objective? You are. King James, you are the man that can they can literally beast Moody's way straight down the lane and drop the ball down their throat with nobody's business. Like it, it, it literally did not make sense to me to watch LeBron drive and kick out in the third and fourth quarter when they're down. A couple of those shots they started hitting, but I'm of the mindset that if you are the best player in the NBA, take the game over. You had a triple double, that's great. The problem is your assist and your your rebound. Those don't matter when you are down 12 and 13 and 14. Take the ball down their throat. They can't guard you. And then the second thing was they were lazy with the ball bringing up the court. How many times was LeBron's pocket picked just by somebody out hustling him? It just kind of frustrated me. Now, look, I think that's – if you want to say there's been a knock on LeBron, it's been people that want him to have that Kobe or Michael Jordan mentality. Mm-hmm. That's really not his game, though. I mean, he can't at, – at times – He'll take over and score uh, and just, you know, go for 40 or 50. But LeBron, and I've talked to him about this, he would prefer to give you 27, 30 points and a bunch of assists and rebounds. Like, he wants players with him to get theirs and contribute scoring-wise. So it's really not his nature just to turn it on and go for 50. And maybe, look, in fairness, maybe sometimes it should be. You know what? He should do it at times, but – um, one, one, one thing about LeBron is he plays the game the right way. He makes the right plays, so you can argue with him about being aggressive, but if you look at a, from a tr- pure basketball standpoint, he makes the right plays. They, his teammates have to deliver and knock down some shots, and if they knock down shots, now the game is easier for him to score when, when everybody else is being uh, effect- effective. You, you know, know yeah. that's a good point because people forget as great as Michael Jordan was as far as attacking the rim and everything, he also passed, I mean, Steve yeah. Kerr, John Paxson, mm-hmm. hitting big shots. You know, Kobe, I mean, how many of those big shots in those championships years were Robert Ory or Derek Fisher? Right. You know and what I mean? Ron Artest. Yeah, yeah. It was, exactly. You're he right. That last ball. championship. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, look, we're going to close out the eye couple with trash talk. Uh-oh. My man Rob Parker's not here, but we still going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go around the horn and just talk trash real quickly. I'm just going to look. My trash talk. I got a trash Ty Lue, and I love Ty Lue uh, as a guy and a coach, but today I thought he missed the boat. Jordan Clarkson only played nine minutes. He needs to be starting. For whatever reason, chemistry, uh, basketball IQ, attention to detail, they are better with him in the starting lineup. They're 21-9 and nine when Clarkson plays, and I also need more than two minutes. I'm sorry, uh, Jose Calderon. I keep mixing them up with the JC, but Jose <laughs> Calderon, yeah. 
He needs to play more, and I'd say start. So I'm going to trash Ty Lue. I want to see what adjustments he makes for game two. I think I'm going to trash talk the Milwaukee Bucks because they let an opportunity get away. An overtime game in Boston, they had a chance to steal that game, steal game one, and they dropped the ball on that. you got to take advantage of those. If you're going to win a series, especially against the Boston Celtics, you got to win that game. And they should be favored now in this series. Don't you? Now that with all the injuries to Boston, I don't mean after game one, but just going in, I felt like even though they were the seventh seed, they should win this series. They, they had a shot because, but that goes back to what I said earlier. They have guys that are all the same player. Yep. If they they got to have some people bringing different things to the table for that dynamic to work. I'm with you there, Bobo man. Who you who you trash talking? I'm trash talking one of my friends, Marco, for keep sending me messages about <laughs> Des Bryant leaving the Cowboys. Marco, you stay your ass in Salt Lake City as a damn Green Bay fan and go somewhere and shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's real trash talk right there. Yeah, that's, that, you took it to another level. Barbershop right, talk. Personal. <laughs> All right, Rob, man, close this out. Who you trash talk? I'll make this one short and sweet. I'm going to trash Chris Broussard what? for oh. dissing Rob Parker for three hours when he's not here to defend himself. Oh, man. Saying that he's the, the important member of the he's odd the couple. Odd part and he's the, the odd, odd part of the odd couple. <laughs> that's messed up, man. I think Rob would even agree with that, man. <laughs> he, he knows he's the odd one. But, look, Tracy, man. Great job. I appreciate you being here today, man. Um, enjoy watching your career as a player. Now as a broadcaster, man, you, you're doing a great job. I'd love to have you back. So, Rob, you can stay on vacation for a few more weeks. <laughs> me and Trace, you'll hold this thing down. Well, thanks for having me, man. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.